Hello and welcome to The Her Sports Show. Joining us today is Mairead Baker, who plays water polo for Ireland. Mairead is also a mother of two kids and is a pregnancy and postpartum specialist. Today, we dive into the recent success of the Irish women's water polo team at the Home Nations Tournament, water polo as a sport in Ireland, and challenging the norms as a mom in sport. Let's get into it. Great, hi. Hi. <laughs> so, um, can you just quickly give everyone a quick explanation? What is water polo? Um, water polo is an aquatic sport, so it's played in a women's water polo is played in a 25 meter all deep pool, um, seven aside, so one goalkeeper, six outfield players, and you have six subs on the bench, and it's a really fast paced ball sport in the pool. Um, you swim up and down, holding possession and try to score a goal. And <laughs> um, that's it, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and in terms of positions, um, yeah, what positions do you so have? So we have a goalkeeper, mm-hmm. uh, we have a centre back, a centre forward, which is my position, and then you have four drivers, so basically four outfield, midfield players that okay. swim up and down. And if you had to describe what your the the role of your position is how would you um so i am center forward so it's the person who either draws an exclusion or gains a penalty for your team or hopefully (laughs) a goal scorer so one of the top goal scorers on the team um and then last month you represented ireland at the home nations tournament in may where the irish women's team came first so well done that's really thank you very much (laughs) achievement leading up to this tournament what was the training schedule like um so training this year for the irish team has actually been really good um in years previous or when i've been involved with the squad before it hasn't been as good um but this year we kind of had like one big session every month so we were in the national aquatic center um on sundays usually and we'd spend about four or five hours together as a squad either having team meetings and then training in the pool for three to four hours at a time okay wow and this is also the first time that the home nations um was held in dublin and the first international water polo tournament in ireland in 10 years um the team thrashed wales and scotland as you could tell from the <laughs> score um and on day two of the three-day tournament you played england and the score showed that it was a really close match how do you think the team managed to swim away with a win um hard work mm-hmm. <laughs> um keeping our composure i'd say was the biggest thing on that day um we were fortunate on the friday that we played first so we played scotland first or sorry wales first on the friday evening and then when we were dressed and changed england were in the pool playing scotland so uh, we managed to grab two quarters of that match and we saw how they played um so i guess from watching them play the day before we knew that it was going to be a close encounter um, we kind of had time to regroup then and meet either with the management and amongst ourselves and sort of say that if we knuckled in and far hard that we probably thought we stood a chance against them the next day um so it's kind of bringing that mentality into the Saturday and keeping it for the hour of the match and uh, uh fortunately managed to pay off for us yeah and do you remember how you felt when you realized that the Irish women's team had won the tournament um, yeah, I suppose it was probably after that match, that England match, and even before that, I suppose nerves were probably building from halfway through that match because I kind of knew that if we kept going the way we would, uh, that we were playing, that we would win, um, or that we could win. And then the score reflected like a, a goal difference, but we were actually two goals up um, with about a minute to go, which would be hard for any team to come back from. 
um, in terms like you have 30 seconds of possession so they would have had to regain possession twice and score twice they obviously did manage to regain possession once and score to bring it to a um, within a goal but um, I guess like I kind of started to realise in the last minute that, that we'd beaten England which was huge and that all things gone to plan we should have beaten Scotland on that Sunday so that we'd actually won the tournament so there was a great buzz while also trying to remain calm that <laughs> Saturday that we knew we had a match the next day but there was an amazing buzz and the management were really good at like they brought us all together and they they weren't shy of telling us of how big an achievement that was at that time but that we still had to play the next day so yeah. <laughs> to seal the deal and um, what did that achievement mean for the team um I think it was massive mm-hmm. um it was huge obviously first off that it was at home we're a minority sport as well so it's not a big sport mm-hmm. um so there's great exposure from some Ireland and water polo Ireland um like they put it out everywhere and it was great for us to see that and then it like it's just great going forward like there were so many young Irish water polo girls in the crowd that got to see that which was just fantastic um and yeah also I think leading up to that as well and even after the tournament um I personally noticed there was not much media coverage um when you guys actually won why do you think that is it's a small sport um and I think it's just hard to break through into that like into that space we're lucky that there are people like her sport and there are some like I suppose influencers and stuff that do take notice of these things but as a whole like it's really hard to to get through to mainstream media and to broadcast your sport and I suppose as players you have so much going on it's not up to us to do that on top of it like you have to concentrate there's only so much I know the girls put stuff out on their Instagrams and it's great and you have lots of local support but it would be way way cooler if it was if it was more well known and more rewarded when you did win something as big as that yeah and just chatting a bit a bit more about water polo in Ireland so do you have like a bit of insight into how many people are, are playing um and does water polo in Ireland receive any funding yeah so we're under Swim Ireland so we do receive funding from Swim Ireland we're one of their like aquatic sports so they obviously have swimming diving and water polo so we are a part of that and um, so we do receive funding from them and then water polo Ireland is the like a branch under Swim Ireland um and they would obviously dictate how the funding is spent and stuff um in terms of how many players i'm not sure there are definitely less women than men mm-hmm. uh playing but there are five teams in our division one national league and there are probably six or seven teams maybe in the division two national league so it is a small sport but it's it's growing and it's it's consistent as well it's one of the like oldest sports probably in the country like okay. <laughs> so it's it's there a long time and um and it isn't going anywhere, you know, like we might never be huge, but uh, we could definitely be bigger and it's it's not going to disappear. <laughs> okay. And then just going on to like into your journey. <laughs> so when did you start playing water polo? So I started when I was 11. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually swam in a local pool here in Glasnevin. And the swim teacher that I had recommended that we either join a swim club or start water polo and my mom said absolutely no way was she getting up at 6am to bring us to swim club <laughs> so water polo happened to be after school every day so that was the obvious choice for me and my brother started at the time okay. um, and yeah. did you play any sports before you got into water polo yeah so I would have played like a lot of sports growing up like mm-hmm. tried everything Irish dancing tennis camogie football all those things uh, I kind of stuck with camogie and water polo till I was 18 mm-hmm. and then since uh, but then when I went to college I, I just played water polo 
Um, and then when I was 20, I picked up CrossFit as well. Okay. So well. I've been doing just CrossFit and water polo ever since. Okay. <laughs> and when you actually decided to rather just stick with water polo, what made you make that decision? Um, so I went to university down in Minute. So mm. it came a point where like I obviously couldn't play camogie for my local club anymore because mm. I was going down to Minute. And then I think you reach an age as well where like if you're going to take a sports series, you're going to have to lie into it. So for me at that stage, a lot of people have a swimming background in water polo. Mm. I didn't come from a swimming background. I obviously took swimming lessons as a child, but in terms of swim club or like dedicated swim areas growing up, I didn't have any of that. So my skills would have been there probably in water polo, but um, my swimming stamina and stuff wasn't there. So I guess when I reached 18, I kind of realized, okay, if I'm going to do this, I have to put in the hours that all the swimmers have put in for years and years um, to try and get better at, at just that one sport. Okay, cool. And now I've heard some stories that... <laughs> Some ladies might get a little bit intense during a water polo game. Um, there might be some poking happening <laughs> underneath um, the water and all of that. Um, I know for me as well, um, so I went to school in South Africa and I remember once I had one of my friends who played water polo. She somehow managed to get out of the pool with a tear in her swimming costume. Don't know how that happened. The opponent clearly must have had something else <laughs> that caused that tear. <laughs> so yeah, do you have you had any experience with all the time? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's a, an extremely physical sport. Mm -hmm. It is um, like it's contact. You know, you mm -hmm. are if you can imagine it, like you're wrestling in the water. So you have to be confident enough in your physical capabilities to number one stay up in the water, and then number two to like hold off an opponent in the water, which is probably quite remarkable for most people um in terms if they're not comfortable in water like most people probably aren't confident enough to tread water for an hour let alone tread water while chasing someone and drowning someone um the togs yeah your togs get ripped a lot um you're wearing tight costumes and people are grabbing them and they just rip they were wearing tear and then also yeah people definitely just purposely rip them um your nails are checked before every match so the referee will check the length of your nails <laughs> okay. but people still get away with it mm. um and then yeah another big thing is like people wear fake tan in the water and then that gets really slippy so like you're trying to swim beside someone and like you're slipping off them so like that's kind of cheating <laughs> okay. um so the referee might if you you can tell the referee if someone's nails are really long or they'll see marks on you um okay. still and they'll they'll instruct that person to cut their nails in the middle match or they might instruct them to tail down so they'll have to remove whatever moisturizer or tanner is on them before they're allowed re-entry into the water okay have you or would you say that you if you had to think back like what was the i don't want to say most intense injury but have you ever played a match and then you came out and you did have quite a serious injury from um, never anything too too serious at home nations when we played england i got pretty badly like beat up in my arm like okay. a, a girl literally just came and twisted my bicep oh, wow. um so that was pretty pretty badly bruised for like two and a half weeks after um it was one of those rotten ones that went green but other than that like i've been lucky there wouldn't be any i think the men's game is actually a bit more physical in that way than us like the, like I've heard accounts of like people gouging people in the eyes and stuff in the men's match um whereas I don't think that happens as much in women's sport but there would definitely be you'd get a few knocks every match um, definitely in my position anyway I think if you're a driver you're a bit safer you can swim outside okay. <laughs> whereas I, I'm a bit of a sitting duck in there so they're coming for me <laughs>
And when did you start playing for the Irish women's team? Um, so I remember going for my first trials for the Irish team when I was 13. Um, there was an under 17 Irish team travelling uh, to Crete. It was that time they were actually going travelling to the Europeans. And I remember being devastated that I didn't get on. <laughs> so I had nowhere to get on, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I made my first age group. Irish team the year after that so I think I was under 14 and at that stage so the way the underage Irish teams work they travel to a thing called the ASA regionals in the UK so obviously the UK is much bigger than us and water polo is a lot bigger over there as well Mm. so they group into regions and play and Scotland and Wales also enter as one region so Ireland Scotland and Wales enter the ASA so the inter inter inter-region competition in the UK and the UK obviously then enter as like Midlands, East Midlands, all their sort of groups, and so I would have travelled to that from the age of fourteen onwards. Okay, yeah. that's that's really cool. And obviously, COVID came and just turned the world upside down. <laughs> um, how did it affect your squad's training? So COVID stopped water polo um, mm. completely. Obviously, as you can imagine, um, even when the other aquatic sports like diving and swimming could return, it was very up in the air what could happen with water polo um, because obviously it's so contact. So I think aquatic sports probably returned that September and I think we were held off for maybe another month or two when Swim Ireland kind of got rules in place and then the rules that kind of came out were we could train in pods with our own equipment which doesn't work when you're a ball sport and you obviously have to share balls. Mm. Um, so it was kind of like it didn't really happen. Um, at all in 2020 and then obviously lockdown happened again and it turned back to just elite sports um which we were in categories in at that time and then I think 2021 then when things started to relax again it kind of came back but there was a full probably 12 months really the guts of 12 months where just no water polo happened at all unfortunately and how did you maintain your own personal training during that time so I got pregnant. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so um, that was kind of it. it like for mm. me, we had kind of already planned on having a kid th- okay. the year after that. So when COVID happened, it kind of brought that forward a small bit. And we just kind of said, right, let's go for it now when the world and our sport seems to be in shutdown. Uh, but other than that, we did keep training. Like I still stayed involved with the team and I actually took on the coaching of the team in terms of the Zoom stuff. Um, so we we trained like three times a week and especially our youths, so like our under 18s. We set them up with like gym programs and kept them as active as we could through Zoom and through online coaching and just prayed that everybody would show up when the pools reopened mm. and it was a glorious day when they did. And <laughs> um, what were some of the challenges that your teammates faced? Um, I suppose being a team sport, it's quite isolating to then go and train on your own. And then also being an aquatic sport, like I mentioned, they a lot of the girls come from a swimming background. So they're used to purely aquatic sports. So now you're asking them to learn how to train on land, alone, at home. Like it's very difficult. And then the younger you are as well, the more difficult that entire concept of why you should stay fit and how it impacts your mind and physically it's harder selling that to the younger girls on the team you know I think in a way the older girls kind of fared a bit better they 
could get up and manage your day and understand the importance of staying active whereas the younger girls like it was just tough on them you know mm. but yeah and also in 2020 you started thrive and revive can you yeah. tell us a bit more about that please <laughs> yeah so thrive and revive is my um coaching service i suppose um it's my passion <laughs> um it's basically um a coaching service i set up in with pregnancy and postpartum in mind so it is coaching women to thrive through pregnancy and revive afterwards and um i suppose in a general sense it's whoever wants to come on board and whatever that looks like for you but um in a more specific sense i suppose i target it towards people who have athletic backgrounds and would like to maintain their training throughout pregnancy um like the way i did and to come back to a higher level of sport postpartum if that's something that they choose to do okay <laughs> so you started it then while you were still pregnant yourself uh, no so i actually started it before i was pregnant okay, uh, okay. yeah so i coach at a gym called cross the Sanctuary, mm. and over the past i suppose it's like it's been open like eight years now or something and I suppose at the time I think it was like 2019 it kind of got to a stage where the members I could see that the members were kind of gearing towards getting pregnant and like getting married all those sort of like life things were happening to a lot of the members in the gym and I was the only female member on the staff at the time so I went and started to explore how does this look like what does this look like what should we do for women when they do get pregnant because obviously they were coming into the gym and they were like we're pregnant and it's like yay great well we don't really know what to do so it's kind of was like okay we it was out of necessity up there that it's like okay well someone needs to learn what we should do so I went and um did the qualification that we have here in Ireland to uh become a pregnancy and postpartum certified coach and took that course and kind of quickly realized that that was not accurate or right or like it did not seem it didn't give me the answers that I wanted as a coach it mm. it was very much a tick the box kind of way when you go in and your spin instructor says okay does anyone have any illnesses or injuries that I need to know of and then it's like no 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 okay right tick 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 and it's like get on with it like rather than okay I have an athlete in front of me who's like a crossfitter I know they train six days a week they're coming to me now they're saying they're pregnant what what can they do and like what what does the next nine months look like for them what does it look like after birth how can I get them back to here if that's something that they want to do and I kind of just wanted more answers so I started looking then to the states there's a couple of uh, big certifications over there so I took those two so Girls Gone Strong and Pregnancy, pregnancy and Postpartum Athlete by Brianna Battles and I just started to learn more and more and it's kind of like opened a whole can of worms and then try and revive <laughs> that's really awesome um and yeah because Neve did mention that you told he had the ambition to get back to playing in the water <laughs> for Ireland after you had your baby so what were some of the challenges that you faced when you started training again after your pregnancy um just how absolutely different your entire world and life is after having a baby. Um, so I had two babies. I had uh, my first baby in January 2021. So still in the midst of lockdown, there, I had missed no water polo from when lockdown had, had first come about or COVID. In March, the year before, I hadn't, hadn't missed anything. And then 
basically I very quickly fell pregnant again <laughs> yay <laughs> and um I did manage to play water polo throughout that pregnancy or like swim and I obviously stayed fit and stuff but March 2022 so last year I had my second baby and that's kind of when I said like okay I want to I want to give this a go again I want to get back to where I was in this sport um I want to be one of the best in the country again if I can um and then I kind of realized that there was a lot of <laughs> a lot of obstacles in my way to do that like first off obviously you have two tiny humans mm. at home so your life is completely different um you kind of wonder like what on earth did you do with your time because I don't know and if anybody anybody knows they can let me know because I don't know what I wasted my time on before <laughs> but uh, I had loads of it and now I don't so that's a uh, one big thing and then I suppose physically um especially when you're an athlete your entire life you rely on your body like you wake up and you, I know you feel sore or I know you feel this way after a match or your heart rate rises and it's like but it's completely different like I cannot describe like you think your body can do these things and you try and it's just so humbling to realize like no you're at square zero I'm sure it's the same if anybody's had like a serious injury that they kind of maybe realize how much they took their body for granted before um but it, I suppose it's really empowering as well because you realize like every little milestone that you reach in your postpartum journey you're kind of so grateful and I know that for me I did say that like I would love to have to get back on the Irish team to make it back into that starting seven to make it so that I have an impact in those big games like against England and that was always like this pipeline dream but I was also so grateful when I ran a mile again for the first time like I just actually sat in the gym floor and I was like there's a picture of me on my Instagram I'm like oh one (laughs) like I just could not believe that like I had grown these two humans I had birthed them and then like my body was so distraught after that and that I was able to rehab it to a point that I could run one mile and I know that sitting on that gym floor that day it sounds so stupid but like I was like if this is the last sport and goal that I've reached I am so grateful because like at home I have these two amazing children that are so cute (laughs) and insomniacs (laughs) but like they're just amazing and like they bring you so much joy and then like to be able to do even the small things like I think it made me so much more grateful for what my body could do so like I've smiled more in my training in the past 13 months than I ever have before like I I enjoy everything because I'm like wow I can do this wow like look how cool this is and like it's made me push myself so much more as well um, so like that like getting back on the Irish team or even making it back to a level a club level where I, I had an impact you know it like it was challenging but I suppose it was it was rewarding as much challenge as much rewarding as it was challenging the entire way through so and do you good. also remember because you obviously need to have a really good mental game as well <laughs> I mean mentally you need to be strong in that sense because there may be some days I could imagine I've never been pregnant but like, <laughs> I can imagine that getting back into training and everything like maybe some days you had set a specific goal for yourself but you didn't necessarily achieve it on that day so yeah just mentally how was that for you yeah like that is tough but I, I actually think it, that is easier I think in the past before I had kids I probably would have felt like I fell short on goals more than I do now because now I think the goal is always just to do what my body can do tomorrow so and that changes and that's not a thing of like I'll be better in a year now than I am now because anything could happen like I could get a phone call now and I have to leave and those two kids come first so it's a thing of like tomorrow 
it mightn't go to plan but that's because my priorities aren't tomorrow's gym plan or tomorrow's water polo plan like that's not the priority anymore so I think that actually takes away a lot of the pressure from from training like I would have always been really really hard on myself if I missed a training session or if I was 10 minutes late and for the first time in my life over the past year now I haven't missed much but it it was like okay I'm playing on Sunday in the NAC at two o'clock and it's like well if something happens at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning one of the kids gets sick I'm not playing on Sunday at two o'clock and it no longer became a thing of like I'm attaching guilt to that because there is no guilt because mm-hmm. they're the priority and whether my coach has a snarky remark he wouldn't but if somebody did or somebody else on the team said well you're 10 minutes late for this practice that no longer would affect me the way it did before and I would have put so much pressure on myself to always be there always be on form whereas now it's just like no I'm going to give you everything I can when I get there but it it mightn't be the best version every day of me so I think it's mentally a little bit easier mm-hmm. for some reason <laughs> but I think it's also so cool what you mentioned there as well because I think we also just live in a world where especially women we tend to just compare ourselves mm. to each other so often and I think that also can really affect for athletes as well it's just like okay I'm trying to match that athlete's level or I'm trying to I don't think it's a bad thing to sort of aspire to to maybe play like someone or to yeah get to the strength level or the endurance level of another person but I think it's so cool that you're able to sort of just focus it in on yourself and yeah because then I think in that process like you said you see the small victories as well which is really really cool I think taking inspiration is the thing you have to do Mm -hmm. like so if you see other people like you're taking inspiration from them um so be that on Instagram or like for me I'm so lucky like the gym that I'm in that there are women who had kids before me and like I see how strong that they've come back and stuff and it was just like okay like mm, I can do that and it's not a I have to do that or I have to beat them but it's like hey well if they could do that hard thing and be a mom then I can do that hard thing and be a mom and that doesn't even have to attach itself to a goal like that but it can be like hey if they can come to the gym three times a week and be a mom then I can go to the gym three times a week and be a mom and that, that doesn't have to look like the exact same session for them and me but like it's that thing of like I'm taking inspiration from literally anything that will work for me to get me there and to get me that little bit better again and you sort of touched on it already (laughs) but if you had to give advice to other moms who would like to balance training and motherhood what advice would you give so you can do it first off (laughs) um you can definitely do it um, and it's worthwhile doing it. Um, there's that thing that I'm sure everybody's seen. It's like you have to, as a mom, you have to pour into yourself first. Mm. Um, and that's not being selfish, but I know that when I get to training, that when I go back, I'm so able to focus on the kids then. And I'm so better able to prepare for the next day and make everything, like sure everything's in running order for the kids because I've given myself the hour of training and that's all I do it's like one hour training a day and it's like you can do that and then I also think it's having a support network that understands that so having like for me obviously it starts at home like I'm so so lucky that my partner like knows that I'm a priority too and then like I think that's going to have a knock-on effect I have a son and a daughter but like it's going to have such a knock-on effect for them that they know that in their house mommy and daddy's sport are of equal importance um so it's like that's important and then we're lucky that our families we're both water polo players so that our families kind of row in and understand the importance of that we are a a sporting family and that that's important and then also that your coaches like so I'm so lucky that 
the kind of the three coaches I have so I have two coaches in the gym and then I have a coach obviously in water polo and like that they understand as well to to know to kind of push me to come back and come training and to improve when I am there okay. so build your support network mm. <laughs> and why would you encourage young girls to play water polo because it's so fun <laughs> <laughs> Um, honestly like I suppose it is fun and like it's it's physically challenging and like that's so rewarding but for me like definitely the biggest takeaway is friendship mm. like my best friends all play water polo um, and now they all do CrossFit they all left water polo they're old like me <laughs> I'm just hanging on in there but uh, the rest of them but I think that's like that's a really good reason like it's just the friendships you build and even now this year like I was by far the oldest person on my club team this year. Don't want to mention, <laughs> but there were three girls doing their junior cert on our senior club team this year, which is just remarkable. Like they are three phenomenal young athletes um, who've just pushed their way into the senior scene already, which is like remarkable, like beyond words. But um, just seeing their friendship even, and like I kind of was sitting there <laughs> at the senior club this year going, I'm so jealous that they have the next 15 years of their lives together having all the fun that I had like so much team spirit and like you know just getting to hang out with each other and like they've all this time to like grow up and learn together and like when you're attached through a sport like you learn so much about like a wide variety of things because you're all going to go off to college and do different things or you're all going to pursue different careers whatever that looks like but you're all going to come back and this is your focus, like this water polo thing. And like, it's so fun, especially anybody who's into swimming, like swimming's a, a, like obviously a, an individual sport, whereas water polo kind of marries that part of individual sport, swimming like with a team aspect. So you really kind of see people, like especially swimmers stick around way longer when they play water polo, which is just great. So come down and try. <laughs> <laughs> and how if you look at if you think back on your like sports journey as well if you want to call it that how has sport contributed to the woman you are today massively mm. like massively it's shaped everything I've ever done um I think that like what you touched on a while ago like that man mentality mm. like I kind of know that I can do hard things because I've played sport um and that comes down to like playing tough matches that comes down to getting up and going training maybe when I didn't feel like it when I was younger or all those things and that's helped me like I'm not maybe overly excellent at other areas but I've worked hard in those areas like maybe school and stuff that like I've probably gotten I've probably done better in those things than I ever deserved to do because I had mental toughness from sport which is kind of cool to look back on and think mm. well that that had a big impact Thanks, ma'am, for sending me to the pool. <laughs> <laughs> That's really awesome. Yeah. And in terms of women participating in sports and, and girls, um, why would you encourage other women and young girls to be involved in oh, sports? I just think it's so important. Like, you've no idea. The more, I suppose, I've learned, like, over the past few years, like, I, obviously, I trained as a PT eight years ago um, and started working in the fitness industry then. Um, and then fell into CrossFit exactly around the same time it was actually nine years ago this summer but um, I suppose like I even think back on my PT cert and it was just like everything was men and women did the same thing and men and women trained this area and now the more I've learned and obviously haven't gone through it physically as well postpartum and birth but everything like I cannot 
okay it's important for men to train and exercise but like women need to do it like we just need to and that has to start from a young age I think the rewards that come from it like in terms of positive um body image like physically mentally being healthy from just participating in any level of sport and there's a sport there for everybody like yes I'd love you to come play water polo yes I'd love you to come to CrossFit but I mean like go do something like there is something for everybody go find it try everything for a month like just to give one month that's 12 things you could try in a year surely one of them will be enjoyable enough for you to stick at it stay active I don't care do YouTube dance videos at home do TikTok videos I'm not on TikTok but like the kids love them and like they look like physical activity but just do something where you're moving your body and like but that will just change how you think about your body. And like for women, obviously, if you are older and watching this like me, <laughs> when you're going through like bigger life things like pregnancy and postpartum, like you realize the value obviously of being physically fit during those periods. And then also like we're all away off this <laughs> in here. In this but going through perimenopause, menopause, like that's kind of my area that I'm diving into at the minute. Like again, because the gym demographic it's not necessarily there yet. We're maybe a little bit younger. I don't want to call anybody out, but we are all going there. Like we're not, no, none of us are avoiding it. Um, and then even like circling back from that, like the amount of women who have found that exercising has helped them with other like um, things like endo and PCOS that like aren't mainstream or aren't talked about enough but like they found that exercising is helping them with that like and even balancing your hormones like everything exercise helps everything like so find a way that you can do it and start young and keep going and if you stop just go back it's fine like life has seasons like things stop like and that's a big thing in pregnancy and postpartum like people have all intentions maybe they train through their pregnancy the baby gets here and then they just they can't find the time and that's okay like just because you haven't gone for a year it's not that you're not welcome back in any sport go back like go find an exercise class that works go find somebody who's going to tell you who's going to come looking for you next Tuesday to come back like just find something find somebody like it doesn't matter how long you've been out of it for it doesn't matter how you used to perform like I know for athletes a lot of them probably are like oh I couldn't do that now because I used to play at this level and I'm not fit now and like that's a big stigma attached to being an athlete is that like you you aren't as athletic as you were before for whatever reason like that does not matter it doesn't matter like it's way worse for you to sit at home and do nothing like it's so important just to exercise and find something you love okay thank you so much that's I don't have any other questions but I feel like I can go run now because that was <laughs> go do inspiring. go running yeah is that what you do run <laughs> Um, yeah, that and Good. hockey also a bit of, I tried CrossFit. Good. Um, well, try again. Cause we're all different. <laughs> yes, yes. I try enjoy it. Yeah. Yes, no, like yes. seriously find anything, but like running even is so good. And like, mm. like you don't have to run fast. Like, and that's mm. the thing. I was actually so bad at running my entire life. And like, my sister is really, really good. She's like, obviously she's Dublin Camogie like, and my best friend is Dublin Camogie too. So like, they're like these amazing like on-field athletes and like I would always think in my head like oh, I could not run with them like and and then I got pregnant and I stopped running and then I had my baby and I started running again but the this whole attachment to like I have to run a 5k in 30 minutes which I could never do was gone because I wanted to run that one mile mm. and I didn't care if it took me 12 minutes I was like keep your legs moving one in front of the other and go and like now I like running because it no longer has a time attached to it and no longer has a distance. It's like, 
oh, I have 30 minutes. I haven't exercised today. I'm going to go for a run. And it doesn't matter. I don't even need to wear my watch because it, doesn't, it makes no attachment to the successes having gone for the run. So go run. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. We hope to see you again for the next episode. Be sure to subscribe to Her Sports social platforms to get the latest women in sports content. Thank you.